0: Time Warner Audiobooks presents Rich Dad's Guide to Investing, written by Robert T. Kiyosaki, with Sharon L. Lecter, CPA, and read by Jim Ward.
1: Hello, my name is Robert Kiyosaki. I am the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is a true story about my two dads. My real dad was the head of the education system for the state of Hawaii. He was a very smart man, and in my opinion, an academic genius. Although I call him an academic genius, He is a person I also call my poor dad. I call him my poor dad because, although a high-paid government official, he was usually broke at the end of every month. My rich dad was my best friend's father. He started with nothing and ultimately became one of the wealthiest men in the state of Hawaii. The Rich Dad book and audio series compares the differences of the teachings about money between my rich dad and my poor dad. This program, Rich Dad's Guide to Investing, is the third in the series after Rich Dad's Cash Flow Quadrant. Rich Dad's Guide to Investing begins with a question I asked my Rich Dad when I first became interested in the subject of investing. The question I asked was, what advice would you give to the average investor? His reply was, don't be average. The reason he said that was because the average investor does not make money. They do not necessarily lose money, they just don't make money. In other words, they put money at risk to ultimately make nothing. They may make money one year and give it all back the next. That's why he said, don't be average. The subtitle of this program is, what the rich invest in that the poor middle class do not. In other words, there are different investments for the rich, the poor, and the middle class. This program is about the type of investments the rich invest in and how you may be able to invest in the same investments even if you have very little money or investment experience today. This program focuses on what my rich dad called the 90-10 principle of money. Most of us have heard of the 80-20 rule, the rule discovered by the Italian economist Vilfredo Pareto in the late 1800s. Rich Dad subscribed to the 80-20 rule, but he said, when it comes to money, the rich operate by the 90-10 principle of money. Rich Dad's 90-10 rule of money explains why 10% of all investors make 90% of the money. It also explains why 90% of all investors only make 10% of the money. More than tell you what investments to invest in, this program will give you an overall view of this large subject of investing. Once you understand the big picture of the subject known as investing, then you will be better able to choose for yourself what kind of investor you want to be and what you may want to invest in. Regardless if you only have a little money today or a lot of money to invest, you can use my Rich Dad's guidance to find the investment plan that is best for you.
0: Rich Dad's Guide to Investing Most of us have heard of the 80-20 rule. In other words, 80% of our success comes from 20% of our efforts. Originated by the Italian economist Vilfredo Pareto in 1897, it is also known as the principle of least effort. Rich Dad agreed with the 80-20 rule for overall success in all areas but money. When it came to money, he believed in the 90-10 rule. Rich Dad noticed that 10% of the people had 90% of the money. An article in the Wall Street Journal recently validated his opinion. It stated that 90% of all corporate shares of stock in America are owned by just 10% of the people. This program explains how some of the investors in the 10% have gained 90% of the wealth, and how you might be able to do the same. As a boy, my rich dad studied the richest men in America, such people as John D. Rockefeller, J.P. Morgan, and Henry Ford, and he copied their formulas for becoming billionaires. This investment formula is similar to the one that has created the young technology billionaires of today before age 30. It is an investment formula similar to that of Warren Buffett, America's richest investor, of George Soros, a great technical investor, and of Donald Trump, a great real estate investor. It is a very powerful business and investment formula that most of the richest people in the world have followed. Their investment formula was to create assets by building successful businesses. They then became selling shareholders. As selling shareholders, they became the 10% that owned 90% of the money. So. Rich Dad became a rich man because he studied the business fundamentals and investment formulas of the ultra-rich and put what he learned into practice in his own life. He then spent years teaching the same fundamentals to his son and me. Rich Dad, Poor Dad went into the basic fundamentals of financial literacy and the use of corporations. The next audio program in the series, Rich Dad's Cash Flow Quadrant, was about the fundamentals of knowing and understanding people, the most important assets and liabilities to any business or investment. This program goes into much greater technical detail of the fundamentals and formulas of great wealth. It is a compilation of approximately 40 years of knowledge passed on from father to son and son's best friend, me. That is why this program is not for investors who are looking for the quick fix, the easy answer, the magic formula, or the hot tip. This program is exactly as the title states. A guide to becoming a very rich investor and investing in the investments that rich investors invest in. It is only a guide and offers no guarantees, just as my rich dad offered me no guarantees. Only guidance. A brief review of the Cash Flow Quadrant. Understanding the fundamentals of the Cash Flow Quadrant is important to gaining the most insight out of Rich Dad's Guide to Investing. The Cash Flow Quadrant is divided into four sections. In the upper left is the letter E, which stands for employee. In the lower left section is the letter S, which stands for self-employed. On the other side of the quadrant, the right side, the upper letter is B for business owner, while below is the letter I for investor. The cash flow quadrant was very important to my rich dad. He would explain the core emotional and technical differences among the people in each quadrant, and those core emotional and technical differences are why certain people gravitate to certain quadrants. Understanding the concepts presented in Rich Dad's cash flow quadrant is an essential step for anyone striving to become successful as an investor. Rich Dad often said to his son Mike and me that if we wanted to be successful in the B, business, and I, investor quadrants, we had to be able to quickly recognize the different people from the various quadrants, He explained that one way you could quickly tell who was in which quadrant was to listen to their words. A person from the E or employee quadrant would often say things such as, I'm looking for a safe, secure job with benefits. Obviously, one of this person's highest core values is security. In other words, this person would probably want more guarantees from his or her job or investment choices. A person from the S or self-employed quadrant would use different words. A person from this quadrant can often be heard saying such things as, I charge $100 per hour, or my commission is 6% of the sales price. Obviously, this person's core value is independence. These are the rugged individuals of the business world. They like being in control of their own time, and they often do things on their own. Rich Dad often chuckled when he said, The S quadrant also stands for solo, smart, or specialized. These individuals are often the ones who did well in school and became doctors, lawyers, or accountants. Or they are highly specialized perfectionists, whose most common saying is, if you want something done right, you've got to do it yourself. The problem with being in the S quadrant is that if you stop working, your income often stops coming in as well. Rich Dad said, The difference between an S-Quadrant business owner and a B-Quadrant business owner is that a B-Quadrant business owner can leave for a year or more and return to find his business running better and his income increased. Rich Dad said, If you cannot leave your business for more than a year, you do not own a business. You own a job. B-Quadrant business owners often have many businesses. Donald Trump, for example, has over 50. When a reporter said, Two of your businesses are in trouble, all he said was, So what? I have 50 more that are doing just fine. A B quadrant business owner finds guarantees in something else, something that the employee and self-employed individuals do not have. That is what much of this program is about. This difference in guarantees, or what Rich Dad called controls, is often what creates the extreme differences in income between people in the different quadrants. One of the difficulties in becoming very rich from the E, employee, and S, self-employed quadrants, is the lack of leverage these individuals must often personally work for every dollar they earn. Therefore, that dollar amount is often limited. This is why you often hear people from these quadrants say, time is money. Much of this program is dedicated to first increasing the dollar amount each of us can earn from the B business quadrant, not from the E employee or S self-employed quadrants. If you are set on remaining in these two quadrants, this program may be of limited value. I want to help people like you become very rich, so that you can then invest in the investments of the rich. To do that, however, you may first need to be willing to make some changes, changes that go beyond investing $10,000 in something safe and secure. You first need to change yourself. Phase one, preparing yourself mentally to be an investor. What should I invest in? When I returned from my tour of duty in Vietnam, I was 25 years old and felt fortunate to have been assigned to a base in Hawaii near home rather than to a base on the East Coast. After settling into the Marine Corps Air Station, I called my friend Mike, and we set up a time to have lunch together with his dad, the man I call my rich dad. Mike was anxious to show me his new baby and his new home, so we agreed to have lunch at his house the following Saturday. When Mike's limousine came to pick me up at the drab gray base BOQ, the bachelor officer's quarters, I began to realize how much had changed since we'd graduated together from high school in 1965. Welcome home, Mike said, as I walked into the foyer of his beautiful home with marble floors. Mike was beaming from ear to ear as he held his seven-month-old son. Glad he made it back in one piece. So am I, I replied, as I looked past Mike at the shimmering blue Pacific Ocean, which touched the white sand in front of his home. The home was spectacular. It was a tropical one-level mansion with all the grace and charm of old and new Hawaiian living. There were beautiful Persian carpets, tall, dark-green potted plants and a large pool that was surrounded on three sides by his home, with the ocean on the fourth side. The home fit my fantasies of living the luxurious life in Hawaii. Meet my son James, said Mike. As I stood there waving and making faces at a baby blankly staring back at me, my mind was still in shock at how much had changed in eight years. I was living on a military base in old barracks, sharing a room with three other messy, beer-drinking young pilots, while Mike was living in a multi dollar estate with his gorgeous wife and newborn baby. The lunch was spectacular and served by their full-time maid. I sat there enjoying the meal, the scenery, and the company when I thought about my three roommates who were probably dining at the officer's mess hall at that very moment. After the pleasantries and catching up on old times was over, Rich Dad said, As you can see, Mike has done an excellent job investing the profits from the business. We have made more money in the last two years than I made in the first twenty. So business has been good, I asked. Business is excellent, said Rich Dad. These new 747s bring so many tourists from all over the world to Hawaii that business cannot help but keep growing. But our real success is from our investments more than our business, and Mike is in charge of the investments. Congratulations, I said to Mike. Thank you, said Mike, but I can't take all the credit. It's Dad's investment formula that is really working. I'm just doing exactly what he has been teaching us about business and investing for all these years. It must be paying off, I said. I'd love to invest with you, I saved nearly $3,000 while I was in Vietnam, and I like to invest it before I spend it. Can I invest with you? Well, I'll give you the name of a good stockbroker, Rich Dad said. I'm sure he'll give you some good advice. No, I said. I want to invest in what you are investing in. I want to be in a deal with you guys. We'd love to have you invest in what we invest in, Rich Dad said, but it would be against the law. Against the law, I echoed in loud disbelief. Why? Because you are not rich, said Mike softly and gently what we invest in is for rich people only. Mike's words went straight through me. Since he was my best friend, I knew they were difficult words for him to say to me. I was beginning to sense how wide the financial gap between us was. While his dad and my dad both started out with nothing, he and his dad had achieved great wealth. My dad and I were still from the other side of the tracks, as they say. I could sense that this big house with the lovely white sand beach was still far away from me, and the distance was measured in more than miles. "'So I can't invest with you because I'm not rich,' I finally said. "'And if I did invest in what you invest in, it would be against the law?' Rich Dad and Mike nodded. "'In some instances,' Mike added. "'And who made this law?' I asked. "'The Federal Government,' Mike replied. "'The Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC,' Rich Dad added. "'It was created to protect the public from wild, unscrupulous dealmakers, businessmen, brokers, and investors.' Why do you laugh, I asked. Because while it protects the public from bad investments, it also keeps the public out of the best investments, replied Rich Dad in a more serious tone. Which is one of the reasons the rich get richer, I asked, tenuously. You got it, said Rich Dad. I chuckle because I see the irony in the big picture. People invest because they want to get rich, but because they're not rich, they're not allowed to invest in the investments that could make them rich. So what should I do, I finally asked. Why can't I just give you my $3,000 and you combine it with your money and we split the profits when the deal pays off? We could do that, said Rich Dad, but I wouldn't recommend it. Not for you, anyway. Why, I asked. Why not for me? You already have a pretty good financial education foundation, so you can go way beyond just being an accredited investor. If you want, you could become a sophisticated investor. Then you will find wealth far beyond your wildest dreams. Accredited investor? Sophisticated investor? What's the difference, I asked. An accredited investor is by definition someone who qualifies because he or she has money. That is why an accredited investor is often called a qualified investor, Rich Dad explained. But money alone does not qualify you to be a sophisticated investor. Too often we hear of high-income people such as doctors, lawyers, rock stars, and professional athletes losing money in less than sound investments. They have the money, but they lack the financial sophistication to make good decisions. A sophisticated investor knows the three E's, said Rich Dad. Education, experience, excessive cash. Achieve those three items and you will be a sophisticated investor. The room went silent as the conversation ended. All three of us were deep in our own private thoughts. What are you thinking about? asked Rich Dad. I was thinking that maybe I should become a sophisticated investor, I replied quietly. That would be a wise choice, said Rich Dad, and with that the three of us raised our glasses in a toast. To excessive cash and to being a sophisticated investor. On that day, my lessons in investing began. Lessons with Rich Dad Rich Dad and I met for lunch at a hotel on Waikiki Beach. He had never seen me in uniform before. I guess he finally realized I had grown up since high school. We talked about my experiences since my youth how I had fought in a war, and how I felt the need to do more in terms of my financial future. I also recalled some of the lessons he taught me as a kid. And what was my first lesson? asked Rich Dad. The rich don't work for money, I said promptly. They know how to have money work for them. A broad smile came over my rich dad's face. He knew that I had been listening to him all those years as a kid. He said, very good, and that is the basis of becoming an investor. All investors do is learn how to have their money work hard for them after that the lessons came in five phases each phase taking me to a higher level of understanding understanding the thought process of rich dad in his investment plan the lessons began with preparing mentally and taking control of myself because that is the only place that investing really takes place anyway investing ultimately begins and ends with taking control of yourself investor lesson number one the choice when it comes to money and investing People have three fundamental reasons or choices for investing, Rich Dad said. They are to be secure, to be comfortable, or to be rich. Rich Dad went on to say, all three choices are important. The difference in one's life occurs when the choices are prioritized. He explained that most people make their money and investment choices in that exact order. In other words, their first choice when it comes to money decisions is security. Second is comfort, and third is to be rich. That is why most people make job security their highest priority. After they have a secure job or profession, then they focus on comfort. The last choice for most people is to be rich. Rich Dad said, Most people dream of becoming rich, but it is not their first choice. He went on to say, Only three out of a hundred people in America are rich because of this priority of choices. For most people, if becoming rich disturbs their comfort or makes them feel insecure, they will forsake becoming rich. That is why so many people want that one hot investment tip. People who make security and comfort their first and second choices look for ways to get rich quick that are easy, risk-free, and comfortable. A few people do get rich on one lucky investment, but all too often they lose it all again. I often hear people say, I'd rather be happy than rich. That comment has always sounded very strange to me since I have been both rich and poor, and in both financial positions I have been both happy and unhappy. I wonder why people think they have to choose between happiness and being rich. When I reflect upon this lesson, it occurs to me that what people are really saying is that I'd rather feel secure and comfortable than be rich. That is because if they felt insecure or uncomfortable, they were not happy. For me, I was willing to feel insecure and uncomfortable in order to be rich. I have been rich and poor as well as happy and unhappy. But I assure you that when I was poor and unhappy... I was much unhappier than when I was rich and unhappy. I have also never understood the statement, money does not make you happy. While there is some truth in it, I have always noticed that when I have money, I feel pretty good. The other day I found a $10 bill in my jeans pocket. Even though it was only $10, it felt great finding it. Receiving money has always felt better than receiving a bill for money I owe. At least that is my experience with money. I feel happy when it comes in and sad when it leaves me. That day... I put my priorities in this order. First, to be rich, then to be comfortable, and finally, to be secure. Investor Lesson Number 2 What Kind of World Do You See? One of the most startling differences between my rich dad and poor dad was what kind of world they saw. My poor dad always saw a world of financial scarcity. That view was reflected when he said, Do you think money grows on trees? Or, Do you think I'm made of money? Or, I can't afford it. When I spent time with my rich dad, I began to realize that he saw a completely different world. He could see a world of too much money. That view was reflected when he said, Don't worry about money. If we do the right things, there will always be plenty of money. One of my personal struggles was shaking the idea that the world was a world of not enough money. From 1973 on, rich dad had me become very aware of my thoughts when it came to the subjects of money, working, and becoming rich. Rich Dad truly believed that poor people remained poor simply because that was the only world they knew. Rich Dad would say, Whatever your reality is about money inside of you is the reality of money outside of you. You cannot change your outside reality until you first change your inside reality about money. A big part of taking control of myself was taking control of my internal reality about money. I have had to constantly remind myself that there is a world of too much money, because in my heart and soul, I have often felt like a poor person." Investor Lesson Number 3 Why Investing is Confusing There are many different investment products. Here is a sample of some of the different types of investments. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate, insurance commodities, savings, collectibles, precious metals, and hedge funds. Rich Dad often said, Investing is confusing because it is a very large subject. If you look around you, you'll see that people have invested in many different things. Look at your appliances. Those are all products from companies that people invested in. You receive your electricity from a utility company that people invest in. Once you understand that, then look at your car, the gas, the tires, seat belts, windshield wipers, spark plugs, the roads, the stripes on the road, your soft drinks, the furniture in your house. All of these things are there because someone invested in the business or building that delivers you the things that make life civilized. That is what investing really is all about. Rich Dad often ended his lessons on investing with this statement. Investing is such a confusing subject for most people because what most people call investing is not really investing. Investor Lesson Number 4 Investing is a Plan, Not a Product or Procedure Rich Dad often said, Many people focus on a product, let's say stocks, and then a procedure, let's say trading, but they really don't have a plan. Most people are trying to make money by what they think is investing. But trading is not investing. What is it if it's not investing? I asked. It's trading, said Rich Dad, and trading is a procedure or technique. A person trading stocks is not much different than a person who buys a house, fixes it up, and sells it for a higher profit. One trades stocks, the other trades real estate. It's still trading. In reality, trading is centuries old. Camels carried exotic wares across the desert to consumers in Europe. So a retailer is also a trader, in a sense. And trading is a profession. But it is not what I call investing. And to you, investing is a plan. A plan to get you from where you are to where you want to be, I said, doing my best to understand Rich Dad's distinctions. Yes, he said. But people often get attached to a particular vehicle and fail to see all the other investment vehicles and procedures available. I know people who invest only in stocks as well as people who invest only in mutual funds or real estate. There was not anything necessarily wrong with that type of thinking. It's just that they often focus on the vehicle rather than the plan, so even though they may make a lot of money buying, holding, and selling investment products, that money may not take them to where they want to go. So I need a plan, I said, and my plan will then determine the different types of investment vehicles I will need. Rich Dad nodded, saying, In fact, don't invest until you have a plan. Always remember that investing is a plan, not a product or procedure. That is a very important lesson. Investor Lesson number 5 Are you planning to be rich or are you planning to be poor? Most people are planning to be poor, said Rich Dad. If you want to see a person's past, present, and future, just listen to his or her words. Rich Dad's lesson on the power of words was very powerful. He asked, Have you ever heard someone say, It takes money to make money? Standing to get two soft drinks from the refrigerator, I replied, Yes, I hear it all the time. Why do you ask? Because the idea that it takes money to make money is one of the worst ideas there is, especially if a person wants more money, said Rich Dad. Handing Rich Dad his soft drink, I said, I don't understand. You mean it doesn't take money to make money? No. Rich Dad smiled as he said, It does not take money to make money. It takes words the difference between a rich person and a poor person is that person's vocabulary you need to learn words such as producer price index profits and cash flow all a person needs to do to become richer is increase his or her financial vocabulary and the best news is most words are free investor lesson number six getting rich is automatic if you have a good plan and stick to it years ago Rich Dad explained to me that investing was not what most people thought it was. He said, Investing is simply a plan made up of formulas and strategies, a system for getting rich, almost guaranteed. So if investing is simply a matter of following a recipe, then how come so many don't follow the same formula, I asked. Because following a simple plan to become rich is boring, said Rich Dad. Human beings are quickly bored and want to find something more exciting and amusing. That is why only three out of a hundred people become rich. They start following a plan and soon they are bored. So they stop following the plan and then they look for a magic way to get rich quick. They repeat the process of boredom, amusement, and boredom again for the rest of their lives. That is why they do not get rich. They cannot stand the boredom of following a simple, uncomplicated plan to get rich. Most people think there is some magic to getting rich through investing. Or they think that if it is not complicated, it cannot be a good plan. Trust me, when it comes to investing, simple is better than complex. Investor lesson number seven. How can you find the plan that is right for you? How do I find the plan that is right for me is a question I'm often asked. My standard answer is that it comes in steps. First, take your time. Think quietly about your life up to this point. Take days to think quietly. Take weeks if you need to. Second, ask yourself in these moments of quiet, what do I want from this gift called my life? Third, don't talk to anyone else for a while, at least until you are certain you know what you think you want. Fourth, call a financial advisor. All investment plans begin with a financial plan. Finally, set realistic goals. I set a goal of becoming a multimillionaire in five years because it was realistic for me. It was realistic because I had my rich dad guiding me. Yet even though he guided me, it did not mean I was free from making mistakes, and I made many of them. So start with realistic goals, then improve upon or add to the goals as your education and experience increase. Always remember that it is best to start by walking before you begin to run in a marathon. Investor Lesson number 8 Decide Now What You Want to Be When You Grow Up In Investor Lesson number 1, which was The Importance of Choice, there were three financial core value choices offered. They were to be secure, to be comfortable, and to be rich. My list put getting rich at the top. Rich Dad looked at my list and said, Okay, step one is to write out a financial plan to be financially secure. What? I asked. I just told you I wanted to be rich. Why should I bother with a plan to be secure? Rich Dad laughed. Just as I thought, he said, The world is filled with guys like you who only want to be rich. The problem is, most guys like you don't make it because you don't understand being secure or being comfortable financially. Call my financial advisor, Rich Dad said. I want a written financial plan for lifetime financial security. Okay, I said. After you have written a plan for basic financial security, find your own advisor, and you write a plan on how to be financially comfortable, said Rich Dad. You mean a long-term financial plan that is a little bit more aggressive, I asked. That is correct, said Rich Dad. That is more exciting, I said. That one I can get into. Good, said Rich Dad. Call me when you have that one ready. When we met again, Rich Dad asked, So, what did you learn? I learned that it is not that easy to really define what it is I want from my life, because today we have so many choices, and so many of them look exciting. Very good, he said. And that is why so many people today go from job to job or from business to business, but never really get to where they want to go financially so they often spend their most precious asset, their time, and wander through life without much of a plan. They might be happy doing what they are doing, but they really do not know what they are missing out on. Exactly, I agreed. This time, instead of just being secure, I really had to think about what I wanted to do with my life, and surprisingly, I had to explore ideas that never would have occurred to me before. Like what? asked Rich Dad. Well, if I really wanted to be comfortable with my life, Then I had to think about what I wanted to have in my life. Things like travel, fancy cars, expensive vacations, nice clothes, big houses, etc. I really had to expand my thoughts into the future and find out what I wanted for my life. And what did you find out? asked Rich Dad. I found out that security was so easy because I was planning on being secure only. I did not know what true comfort meant. So security was easy, defining comfort was more difficult, and now I cannot wait to define what rich means and how I plan to achieve great wealth. Investor Lesson number 9 Each Plan Has a Price What is the difference between the plan to be rich and the other two core values, I asked. The difference is the price, said Rich Dad. There is a tremendous price difference between a financial plan to be rich and the other two positions. You mean the investments in the rich financial plan cost more money? I asked. Most people think the price is measured in money, but if you look closer, you'll see that the price is not measured in money, it's measured in time. And of the assets of time and money, time is really the more precious asset. You see, almost anyone in the Western world can easily become a millionaire if he or she simply follows a long-term plan. But again, most people aren't willing to invest the time. They want to get rich now. Investor Lesson Number 10 Why Investing Isn't Risky People say investing is risky for three main reasons. First, they have not trained to be investors. They are book smart, but not financially sophisticated. Second, most investors lack control or are out of control. My rich dad used this example. He would say, there is a risk driving a car, but driving the car with your hands off the steering wheel is really risky. He then said, when it comes to investing, Most people are driving with their hands off the steering wheel. Third, people say investing is risky because most people invest from the outside rather than from the inside. Most of us know intuitively that if you want a real deal, you have to be on the inside. When Rich Dad listed the three core financial values, he said, It makes perfect sense to invest from the outside when you invest at the secure and the comfortable level of investing. That is why you turn your money over to a professional you hope is closer to the inside than you but if you want to be rich, you have to be closer to the inside than the professional to whom most people entrust their money. Investor Lesson Number 11 On Which Side of the Table Do You Want to Sit? When I was between the ages of 12 and 15, Rich Dad would occasionally have me sit at his side while he interviewed people who were looking for a job. At 4.30 p.m., which was the time he did all of his interviews, I would sit behind a large brown wooden table in a chair next to Rich Dad, Across the table was a single wooden chair for the person being interviewed. I saw grown adults asking for jobs that paid $1 an hour with minimal benefits. I also saw people with college degrees, even several with Ph.D.s, asking rich dad for managerial or technical jobs that paid less than $500 a month. I asked him, Why do you want me to sit here and watch people ask for jobs? I'm not learning anything, and it's getting boring. Besides, it's painful to see grown-ups so needy for a job and money. Rich Dad sat still at the table for a moment, collecting his thoughts. "'I've been waiting for you to ask this question,' he said. "'It hurts me, too, and that is why I wanted you to see this before you got much older.' Rich Dad took his legal pad and drew the cash-flow quadrant. "'You are just starting high school. You are soon going to be making some very important decisions about what you will be when you grow up, if you haven't already made them. I know your dad is encouraging you to go to college so you can get a high-paying job.' If you listen to his advice, you will be going in this direction. Rich Dad then drew an arrow to the E, employee, and S, self-employed side of the quadrant. If you listen to me, you will be studying to become a person on this side of the quadrant. He then drew an arrow to the B, business, and I, investor side of the quadrant. You've shown me this and told me this many times, I replied quietly. Why do you continue to go over it? Because if you listen to your dad, you will soon find yourself sitting in that solitary wooden chair on the other side of the table he reminded me that it is essential to be an investor first, no matter what your choice of profession. Investor Lesson Number Twelve The Basic Rules of Investing One day, I was feeling frustrated about my financial progress in life. During one of our meetings, I shared my thoughts and frustrations with Rich Dad. I said, I've got my two plans in place. One plan is to ensure that I have basic financial security, and the other, more aggressive investment plan, is so I will be comfortable financially. But at the rates those plans will be successful, if they are successful, I'll never be rich like you and Mike. Rich Dad grinned when he heard that. Smiling and laughing quietly to himself, he said, Investing is not a race. You are not in competition with anyone else. People who compete usually have huge ups and downs in their financial life. You are not here to try to finish first. All you need to do to make more money is simply focus on becoming a better investor. Now that your two plans are in place, the plan for security and the plan for comfort. I will explain the basics of investing, said Rich Dad. Investment basic rule number one, said Rich Dad, is to always know what kind of income you are working for. For years, Rich Dad had always said to Mike and me that there were three different kinds of income. There is earned income, which is income generally derived from a job or some form of labor. In its most common form, it is income from a paycheck. It is also the highest taxed income, so it is the hardest income with which to build wealth. There is also portfolio income, which is income generally derived from paper assets, such as stocks, bonds, mutual funds, etc. Portfolio income is by far the most popular form of investment income, simply because paper assets are so much easier to manage and maintain than any others. And there is passive income, income generally derived from real estate. It can also be income derived from royalties, from patents or license agreements. Yet approximately 80% of the time, passive income is from real estate. There are many tax advantages available for real estate. Investment basic rule number two, said Rich Dad, is to convert earned income into portfolio income or passive income as efficiently as possible. Rich Dad then drew a diagram on his yellow legal tablet. It contained the phrase earned income with two arrows pointing away from it. One arrow pointed toward the phrase passive income, And the other pointed toward the word portfolio. Essentially, you want to convert earned income into passive or portfolio income. Investment basic rule number three is to keep your earned income secure by purchasing a security you hope converts your earned income into passive income or portfolio income. Investor basic rule number four is, it is the investor that is really the asset or the liability, said Rich Dad. You often hear people say, investing is risky. It's the investor who is risky. It is ultimately the investor who is the asset or the liability. Investor basic rule number five is that a true investor is prepared for whatever happens. A non-investor tries to predict what and when things will happen. So how does one prepare, I asked? You need to focus and keep in mind what other investors are already looking for. If you want to buy a stock, then attend classes on how to spot bargains in stocks. The same is true for real estate. It all begins with training your brain to know what to look for and being prepared for the moment the investment is presented to you. Investment basic rule number six, said Rich Dad, is this. If you are prepared, which means you have education and experience, and you find a good deal, the money will find you or you will find the money. Good deals seem to bring out the greed in people. And I don't mean to use the word greed in a negative way. I speak of greed as a general human emotion, an emotion we all have, So when a person finds a good deal, the deal attracts the cash. If the deal is bad, then it is really hard to raise the cash. And what is investment basic rule number seven, I asked? It is the ability to evaluate risk and reward, said Rich Dad. That is the rich level of investing, the level of investing that follows the investment plans to be secure and comfortable. You're now talking about acquiring the skills to invest in investments that the rich invest in. At the rich level you will find out that there are good losses and bad losses, good debt and bad debt, good expenses and bad expenses. At the rich level, your educational requirements and experience will need to go up dramatically. If not, you will not be there for long. Investor Lesson Number 13 Reduce Risk Through Financial Literacy I asked my rich dad, how can you say investing is not risky when most people say investing is risky? Easy, said rich dad. I can read financial statements, and most people cannot. Do you remember me saying to you years ago that your dad was word literate but not financially literate? I nodded. Financial literacy is one of the most important investor basics, especially if you want to be a safe investor, an inside investor, and a rich investor. Anyone who is not financially literate cannot see into an investment. Just as a doctor uses x-rays to look at your skeletal system, a financial statement allows you to look into an investment and see the truth, the facts, the fiction, the opportunities, and the risk. Reading a financial statement of a business or individual is like reading a biography or an autobiography. He continued, For me, it provides a checklist of what is important. It tells me if a business is functioning well. I also use it to overlay onto my personal financial statement to see if it fits. Remember, investing is a plan. See how the business, the stock, the mutual fund, bond, or real estate impacts your financial statement and plan. And finally, a financial statement tells me if an investment is safe and will make me money. If I didn't understand these factors, that would be risky. Investor Lesson Number 14. Financial Literacy Made Simple. Financial literacy was one of Rich Dad's six lessons in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. To Rich Dad, financial literacy was crucial for anyone who was sincere about being a business owner or professional investor. Later, I will be going into greater detail on the importance of financial literacy as it pertains to business and investing, and how to find investment opportunities that the average investor misses. But for now, I think it best to quickly review financial literacy and how to make it simple and easier to understand. Literacy lesson number one. It is the direction of cash flowing that determines if something is an asset or a liability at that moment. In other words, just because your real estate broker calls your house an asset does not mean it is an asset. Remember Rich Dad's definition of an asset was, an asset puts money in your pocket, while his definition of a liability was, a liability takes money from your pocket. To clarify the cash flow of each, he drew two boxes, one for income and expenses. Below he would draw one more box for assets and liabilities. For each asset and each liability, he would include an arrow showing where the cash went, into his pocket or out. Rich Dad said to me, the confusion with this simple approach occurs because the accepted method of accounting allows us to list both assets and liabilities under the asset column. He explained his thinking with an example. If we have a $100,000 house that someone has put $20,000 cash down on and now has an $80,000 mortgage, How do you know if this house is an asset or a liability? Is the house an asset just because it is listed under the Asset column? The answer is, of course, no. The real answer is, you need to refer to the income statement to find out if it is an asset or a liability. If there is no income and your expenses include a mortgage, real estate taxes, insurance, utilities and maintenance, then it is a liability. I realized where he was going. If this example included rental income and net rental income, the key word being net, Then that change to the financial statement changes this house from a liability to an asset. More specific to our example, let's say all the expenses associated with this house add up to $1,000, and you now have a tenant paying you $1,200 a month. Now you have a net rental income of $200 per month. This house is now putting money in your pocket, as verified by the $200 income. It is now a true asset. Literacy Lesson Number 2 It takes at least two financial statements to see the entire picture. Rich Dad said, Sophisticated investors must see at least two financial statements simultaneously if they want a true picture. For example, Always remember that your expenses are someone else's income. People who cannot control their cash flow make the people who are in control of their cash flow rich. I nodded. Rich Dad continued, Let's go back to our example of the homeowner, but this time include the bank. The homeowner takes out a mortgage from the bank. Each has their own financial statement. The person's mortgage appears on both, but represents different things for each. For the bank, the mortgage is an asset. But for the homeowner, it is a liability. Now you are seeing a true financial statement. That is why you say it takes at least two different financial statements to see the entire picture, I added. For every one of your expenses, it is someone else's income, and each one of your liabilities is someone else's asset. Rich Dad added, And that is why people leaving school who have not been trained to think in terms of financial statements often fall prey to those who do. That is why each time people use their credit cards, they are actually adding to their own liability column and simultaneously adding to the bank's asset column. And when a banker says to you, your home is an asset, they're not really lying to you. They're just not saying whose asset it really is, I said. Yes, Rich Dad said. Again, it takes a minimum of two financial statements to see the complete picture. Investor Lesson Number Fifteen, The Magic of Mistakes To my rich dad, mistakes were opportunities to learn something new, something he did not know before. To him, the more mistakes a person made, the more the person learned. He often said, there is a bit of magic hidden in every mistake. So the more mistakes I make and take the time to learn from, the more magic I have in my life. Investor Lesson Number Sixteen, What is the Price of Becoming Rich? My rich dad would say, there are two ways to become rich. One way is to earn more. The other way is to desire less. The problem is that most people are not good with either way. You may have already heard of a book called The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas J. Stanley and William Danko. It makes many fundamental points about frugality. There are differences between being cheap and frugal. Rich dad was more concerned with being frugal than being cheap. He said, if you want to be really rich... You need to know when to be frugal and when to be a spendthrift. The problem is that too many people know how to be cheap only. That is like having only one leg to walk on. Many people become rich by being very smart with knowledge from the B business owner and I investor quadrants. Many of these individuals operate behind the scenes and manage and control the world's business and financial systems. Millions of people faithfully place their retirement savings and other monies into the market. However. The decision makers of the marketing and distribution system of the underlying investments actually make the large sums of money, not necessarily the individual investor or retiree. As Rich Dad taught me years ago, there are people who buy tickets to the game and there are people who sell tickets to the game. You want to be on the side that is selling the tickets. Phase 2. What type of investor do you want to become? The first phase of this program was dedicated to control over yourself. If you are not mentally prepared and committed to becoming a successful investor, you should turn your money over to a professional financial advisor or team trained to help you choose the right investments. Back in the early 1970s, I had made a choice to become mentally prepared to become an investor. However, Rich Dad now asked me, What kind of investor do you want to become? A rich investor was my answer. This is when Rich Dad brought out his yellow pad again and wrote down and defined the following categories of investors. The accredited investor earns a lot of money and or has a high net worth. The qualified investor knows fundamental and technical investing. The sophisticated investor understands investing and the law. The inside investor creates the investment. The ultimate investor becomes the selling shareholder. Looking at the definition of the accredited investor, I felt pretty hopeless. My military assignment had just finished and I had no money and no job. Rich Dad saw my reaction, took the yellow pad back, and circled Inside Investor. This is where you'll start, Robert. Even if you have very little money and very little experience, it is possible to start at the inside level of investing, Rich Dad continued. You need to start small and keep learning. It does not take money to make money. At this point, he listed his three E's on the tablet. Education, experience, excessive cash. Once you have all three E's, you will have become a successful investor, Rich Dad said. You've done well with your financial education, but now you need the experience. When you have the right experience combined with good financial literacy, the excessive cash will come. But you have inside investor listed fourth. How can I start as an inside investor, I said, still confused. I am going to teach you the fundamentals of building a successful business, Rich Dad continued. If you can learn to be a successful B-quadrant business, your business will generate excessive cash. Then you can use the skills you learned becoming a successful business owner to analyze investments as an investor. It is like coming in through the back door, isn't it? I asked. Well, I would rather say it is the opportunity of a lifetime, Rich Dad replied. Once you learn to make your first million, the next ten are easy. In this phase of Rich Dad's Guide to Investing, I share Rich Dad's descriptions of each one of his categories of investor. The sections explain the basic distinctions of each category because the path I chose may not be the right path for you. If you want more information about all the investor types, you can refer to the printed version of Rich Dad's Guide to Investing. In this program, I've included more detail about the sophisticated investor because that's the level many people aspire to. The accredited investor. The accredited investor is someone with high income or high net worth. At that time, I knew I could not qualify as an accredited investor. A long-term investor who has chosen to invest for security and comfort may very well qualify as an accredited investor. There are many E's, employees, and S's, self-employed individuals, who are very content with their financial position. They recognized early on the need to provide for their financial future through the I, investor quadrant, and adopted a plan for investing in addition to their income earned as E's and S's. Their financial plans, whether to be secure or comfortable, have been met. If you can qualify as an accredited investor, you will have access to investments that most people do not. To be successful in choosing your investments, however, you still need financial education. If you choose not to invest your time in your financial education, you should turn your money over to competent financial advisors who can assist you with your investment decisions. The Qualified Investor The qualified investor understands how to analyze publicly traded stock. This investor would be considered an outside investor as opposed to an inside investor. Generally, qualified investors include stock traders and analysts. Most qualified investors have learned to understand the two types of investing, fundamental and technical. Rich Dad noted, A fundamental investor reduces risk by looking for value and growth by looking at the financials of the company with an eye on future earnings potential, while a technical investor invests on the emotions of the market and invests with insurance from catastrophic loss. The technical investor studies the patterns of the sales of the company's stocks, buying low, selling high, utilizing options, and selling short. The difference between the two styles is dramatic. As Sharon Lecter, my co-author, notes, the qualified investors are analyzing a company from the outside. They are deciding whether to become buying shareholders. With the proper education and financial advice, many qualified investors can become millionaires. For more details on this type of investor and investing, I recommend you review the printed version of this book as well as playing the board games I've developed, Cash Flow 101 and Cash Flow 202. The Sophisticated Investor The Sophisticated Investor knows as much as the qualified investor but also has studied the advantages available through the legal system. Rich Dad defined the Sophisticated Investor as an investor who knows what the qualified investor knows and who is familiar with tax law, corporate law, and securities law, while not a lawyer. The sophisticated investor may base as much of his or her investment strategy on the law as well as the investment product and potential returns. The sophisticated investor often gains higher returns with very low risk by using the different disciplines of law. Knowing the ETC By knowing the basics of the law, the sophisticated investor is able to use the advantages of ETC, which stand for Entity, Timing, and Characteristics. Rich Dad would describe the ETC as follows. The E stands for control over the entity, which means the choice of business structure. If you are an employee, this is not usually in your control. A person from the S, self employed quadrant, usually can choose from the following entities a sole proprietorship, partnership, which is the worst structure because you are entitled to your share of income but are responsible for all the risk, an S corporation, an LLC, or limited liability corporation, an LLP, or Limited Liability Partnership, or a C-Corporation. Today, if you are an attorney, doctor, architect, dentist, etc., and choose the C-Corporation as your entity of choice in the United States, your minimum tax rate is 35% versus 15% for someone like me because my business is a non-licensed professional services business. That additional 20% tax rate differential adds up to a lot of money, especially when measured over years. It means a non-professional would have a 20% financial head start over a professional at the start of each year within a C corporation. Rich Dad would say to me, but just think about people in the E, employee quadrant, who cannot elect their choice of entity. For them, regardless of how hard they work and how much they make, the government always gets paid first through income tax withholding. C Corporations And you always try to operate via a C corporate entity, don't you? I would ask Rich Dad. In most cases, he replied, Remember that it is the plan before the product, or in this case, the corporate entity. The point is that those who operate from the B, business owner quadrant, tend to have more choices and hence more control over the best entity to best make their plan work. The fine points should be discussed with both your tax attorney and your tax accountant. But why a C corporation, I asked? What is the difference that is so important to you? This is the one big difference, he said, having waited a long time to explain it. A sole proprietorship, a partnership, and an S-corporation are all part of you. They are, in simple terms, an extension of you. And what is a C-corporation, I asked. A C-corporation is another you. It is not just an extension of you. A C-corporation has the ability to be a clone of you. If you are serious about doing business, then you do not want to do business as a private citizen. That is too risky, especially in this day and age of lawsuits. When you do business, You want a clone of you actually doing the business. You do not want to do business or own anything as a private citizen, Rich Dad guided me. If you want to be a rich private citizen, you need to be as poor and penniless as possible on paper. Rich Dad also said, The poor and the middle class, on the other hand, want to own everything in their name. Pride of ownership, they call it. I call anything with your name on it a target for predators and lawyers. The main point Rich Dad was trying to make was, The rich do not want to own anything but want to control everything, and they control via corporations and limited partnerships. That is why control of the E in ETC is so important to the rich. What about double taxation? I'm often asked, why do you recommend C corporations instead of S corporations or LLC corporations? Why do you want to be subject to double taxation? Double taxation occurs when a corporation is taxed on its income, and then when it declares a dividend to its shareholders. The same thing can occur when an improperly structured sale of a corporation occurs, and liquidity dividend is declared. The dividend is not deductible to the corporation, but is taxable to the shareholder. Therefore, that income is taxed both at the corporate and individual level. Business owners often increase their own salaries to reduce or wipe out corporate profits, and thereby eliminate the possibility of having those profits taxed twice. Alternatively, as the corporation continues to grow, the retained profits are used to expand the business and help it grow. In the United States, a C corporation must justify the accumulation of earnings or it will become subject to the accumulated earnings tax. There is no double taxation unless dividends are declared. Personally, I like C corporations because I believe they provide the maximum flexibility. I always look at the big picture. When I start a business, I expect it to become a big business, Most big businesses today are C-corporations, or the equivalent in other countries. I grow businesses because I want to sell them or take them public, not receive dividends. You should consult with your financial and tax advisors to determine the appropriate structure for your situation. Timing. Rich Dad would describe the T in ETC as timing. Timing is important because ultimately we all need to pay taxes. Paying taxes is an expense of living in a civilized society. The rich want to control how much they pay in taxes as well as when they have to pay them. Understanding the law helps in controlling the timing of paying taxes. For instance, Section 1031 of the U.S. Tax Code allows you to roll over your gain in investment real estate if you buy another property at a greater price. This allows you to defer paying taxes until the second property is sold. Another important timing issue is provided by the C Corporation status. C-corporations can elect a different year-end for tax and accounting purposes, such as June 30th, for instance, rather than December 31st, which is required for most individuals, partnerships, S-corporations, and LLC corporations. This allows for a certain amount of strategic tax planning as to the timing of distributions between corporations and to individuals. It is important to understand that all decisions related to entity selection as well as income timing issues should have legitimate business purposes and be thoroughly discussed with your legal and tax advisors. Character of Income As far as the third component of the ETC, Rich Dad would say, investors control, everyone else gambles. The rich are rich because they have more control over their money than the poor and middle class. The moment you understand that the game of money is a game of control, You can focus on what is important in life, which is not making more money, but gaining more financial control. Reaching for his yellow pad, Rich Dad would write, Earned income, passive income, and portfolio income. These are the three different kinds of income. Rich Dad would stress that I should know the difference between these three different types of income. The C of the ETC stands for the character of the income. Is there a lot of difference, I would ask? Very much so, he would reply. The characteristic of the income is what separates the rich from the working class, Rich Dad analyzed. The poor and middle class focus on earned income, also called wages or paycheck income. The rich focus on passive income and portfolio income. That is the fundamental difference between the rich and the working class, which explains why control of the C characteristic is a fundamental control, especially if you plan on being rich. In America and other advanced economies, Even the first dollar of earned income is taxed at higher rates than passive and portfolio income. The higher rates are necessary to provide various forms of social insurance, Rich Dad would further explain. In the United States, this would include Social Security, Medicare, and unemployment insurance, just to name a few. Income taxes are then calculated on top of social insurance taxes. Passive and portfolio income are not subject to social insurance taxes. So every day that I get up and focus on working hard to earn money, I am focusing on earned income, which means I pay more in taxes, I would say. That is why you have been encouraging me to change my focus on what kind of income I want to earn. I realized Rich Dad was back to Lesson 1 of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The rich don't work hard for money. They have their money work hard for them. It suddenly all made sense. I needed to learn how to convert earned income into passive and portfolio income so my money could start working for me. Good debt versus bad debt. It is important to note that three other general principles distinguish a sophisticated investor from an average investor. A sophisticated investor knows the difference between good debt and bad debt, good expenses and bad expenses, good losses and bad losses. As a general rule, good debt, good expenses and good losses all generate additional cash flow for you. For instance, Debt taken to acquire a rental property, which has a positive cash flow each month, would be good debt. Likewise, paying for legal and tax advice are good expenses if they save you thousands of dollars in reduced taxes from tax planning. An example of a good loss is the loss generated by depreciation from real estate. This good loss is also called a phantom loss because it is a paper loss and does not require an actual outlay of cash. The end result is savings in the amount of tax paid on the income offset by the loss. When average investors hear the words debt, expense, and loss, they usually react negatively. Conversely, the sophisticated investor enlists the advice of accountants, tax strategists, and financial advisors to structure the most beneficial financial organization for his or her investments. He or she looks for and invests in those deals that include the ETC features that support his or her personal financial plan, the map he or she is following to become rich. More differences between the average investor and the sophisticated investor. As Rich Dad has often said, the big difference between the two is their ideas about risk. What is secure for one side is risky to the other. For instance, the average investor has only one financial statement, while a sophisticated investor has multiple statements. The average investor wants everything in their name. The sophisticated investor, on the other hand, wants nothing in their name. They use corporate entities. The average investor doesn't think of insurance as an investment. They use words such as diversify. Meanwhile, the sophisticated investor uses insurance as an investment product to hedge against exposed risk. They use words such as covered, exposure, and hedge. The average investor holds only paper assets, which includes cash and savings. But the sophisticated investor has both paper assets and hard assets such as real estate and precious metals. Precious metals are a hedge against government mismanagement of the money supply. The average investor focuses on job security. The sophisticated investor focuses on financial freedom. The average investor looks at past indicators such as PEs and cap rates. The sophisticated investor looks at future indicators such as trends, pro formas, and changes in management and products. The average investor calls a broker first and asks for investment advice or invests alone asking for no advice. The sophisticated investor called a broker last after consulting with their plan and a team of financial and legal advisors. The brokers are often part of the team. The average investor seeks external security, such as a job. The sophisticated investor values personal self-confidence and independence. Where do you see yourself? The Inside Investor The inside investor is someone who is on the inside of the investment and has some degree of management control. Although an important distinction of the inside investor is the aspect of control over management, the most important distinction Rich Dad pointed out was that you don't need to have a lot of income or net worth to be considered an inside investor. An officer, director, or owner of 10% or more of the outstanding shares of the corporation is an inside investor. Most investment books and audio programs are written for people who are on the outside of the world of investing. This audio program is for people who want to invest from the inside. In the real world, there is legal inside investment activity as well as illegal insider activity. The SEC defines an insider as anyone who has information about a company that has not yet been made publicly available. The Securities Exchange Act of 1934 made it illegal for anyone who had non-public information on a company to profit from that information. This includes the insider as well as anyone to whom he or she gives a tip who subsequently profits from the information. I strongly oppose illegal insider trading. It is too easy to make money legally. Rich Dad always wanted his son and me to be investors on the inside rather than the outside. It is one very important way to reduce risk and increase returns. Someone with the financial education but not the financial resources of an accredited investor can still become an inside investor. This is where many people enter the world of investing today. By building their own companies, inside investors are building assets that they can run, sell, or take public. You can build your own small cap stock company and enjoy the superior returns as the inside investor. Creating control The money you invest and risk as the owner of a private business is your own. If you have outside investors, you have a fiduciary responsibility to manage their investment well but you are able to control the management of the investment as well as access to insider information. Buying control In addition to building a business on your own, you may become an inside investor through buying a controlling interest in an existing company. Buying a majority of the stock in a company allows you to acquire the controlling interest. Remember that as you increase the number of investor controls you possess, you continue to reduce your risk in the investment. That is, of course, if you possess the skill to manage the investment properly. If you already own a business and wish to expand, you may acquire another business through merger or acquisition. The important issues in mergers and acquisitions are far too numerous to explore here. However, it is very important to seek competent legal, tax, and accounting advice before any purchase, merger, or acquisition to make sure such transactions are done properly. To move from being an inside investor to an ultimate investor, you must decide to sell a portion or all of your business. The following questions may help you in your decision process. Are you still excited about the business? Do you want to start another one? Do you want to retire? Think about your business itself. Is it profitable? Is it growing too rapidly for you to handle it? Also consider your funding. Does your company have large capital funding needs that can best be met through selling stock or through selling to another business? Don't forget about the work involved in the sale. Can your individual focus be diverted from the daily operations of the company to negotiate a sale or public offering without hurting the operations of the company? Finally, consider the possibility of what happens when you retire from the business. If your business is strong, can you pass it on to your children or other family members? Are there well-trained and managerially strong family members, children, to pass it on to? Many inside investors are extremely happy running their businesses and investment portfolios. They have no desire to sell a portion of their business through a public or private offering, nor do they want to sell the business outright. This is the type of investor that Rich Dad's son Mike has become. He is very content running the financial empire that he and his father built. How I Did It As Rich Dad predicted, I found my financial freedom as an inside investor. I started small, buying real estate as a sophisticated investor. I learned how to use limited partnerships and corporations to maximize the tax savings and asset protection. I then started several companies to gain additional experience. With the financial education I learned from my rich dad, I built businesses as an inside investor. I did not become an accredited investor until I found success as a sophisticated investor. I have never considered myself a qualified investor. I do not know how to pick stocks and do not choose to buy stocks as an outsider. Why would I? Being an insider is much lower risk as well as much more profitable. I share this with you to give you hope. If I can learn to become an inside investor through building a company, then so can you. Remember that the more controls you possess over your investment, the less risky it is.